Hi, friends. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Good Morning Family, a podcast of my weekly sermons. Who knows? Maybe I'll throw in a special sermon for you every now and then. I hope this podcast is good news for you. If you find these words helpful, please rate and review my podcast on iTunes or on whatever host you found it. Thanks for your help and for being part of the family. And now, here's this week's sermon. Listen and enjoy. Good morning, family. Today is the third Sunday of Advent. Christmas is only two weeks away. That being said, keep your eyes open for my special Christmas Eve podcast. Perhaps you will make it a part of your Christmas Eve celebration. That Christmas Eve podcast will be available starting at noon on December 24th. But today, we're in the season of Advent. So far, we've talked about the importance of being prepared for the arrival of Jesus. He is the one who came to us as a babe in Bethlehem. But he also comes to us in the ordinariness of life. And he is the one who has promised to come again. So Advent is the season of the year when we remember that God always keeps his promises. He promised a Messiah, and he sent us Jesus. Even though there are times, seasons even, when it feels like God may have forgotten us or given up on us, Jesus still comes to us, doesn't he? Today, let's read Luke's Gospel again. Remember, Luke is our Gospel guide for the coming year. And let's listen to John the Baptist again. The baptizer is still ranting and raving about sin and repentance. Let's hear what he has to say in Luke chapter 3. Hear the word of the Lord. Then John said to the crowds who came to be baptized by him, You children of snakes, who warned you to escape from the angry judgment that is coming soon? Produce fruit that shows you have changed your hearts and lives. And don't even think about saying to yourselves, Abraham is our father. I tell you that God is able to raise up Abraham's children from these stones. The axe is already at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be chopped down and tossed into the fire. The crowds asked him, What then should we do? He answered, Whoever has two shirts must share with the one who has none and whoever has food must do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. They said to him, Teacher, what should we do? He replied, Collect no more than you are authorized to collect. Soldiers asked, What about us? What should we do? And he answered, Don't cheat or harass anyone and be satisfied with your pay. The people were filled with expectation and everyone wondered whether John might be the Christ. John replied to them all, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than me is coming. I'm not worthy to loosen the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The shovel he uses to sift the wheat from the husks is in his hands. He will clean out his threshing area and bring the wheat into his barn but he will burn the husks with a fire that can't be put out. With many other words, Jesus appealed to them, 
proclaiming good news to the people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. John the Baptist was an odd sort of fellow. Consider this. He wore homemade clothes made of camel's hair. He ate bugs. He lived as far away from civilization as he could, way out in the wilderness, in the desert, or, to borrow a phrase from Thomas Hardy, in the shabby corner of God's allotment where he lets the nettles grow. You get the point, right? The wilderness is a place where no one in their right mind would choose to live. And yet John the Baptist drew crowds of people to the middle of nowhere by preaching the news that the kingdom of God was near. And he told everyone who would listen that they need to make a new start. Now, let's be honest. A lot of people weren't so sure that they needed a new start because, after all, they were Jewish, right? They thought they were already good, or at least good enough. After all, as Jews, they believed they were God's favored people, right? They thought they could skate by. But John the Baptist did not share their optimism. He was over the top with them. He called them a brood of vipers. And he warned them of the coming acts and the impending fire. That's when the people began to sense that their heritage and their history were not enough to save them. They needed something more. They needed a new start. So they waded out into the water to be baptized by the wild-eyed prophet. It was a baptism of repentance. And then John had the audacity to insist that their baptism was not the end of their journey, but rather it was just the beginning. What John wanted to see were transformed lives. He was looking for lives tuned into a different frequency than they were before, with different values and a different agenda. But before that could happen, his hearers needed to do some of their own personal spiritual work. So the whole crowd, including the tax collectors and the soldiers, asked the question, what can we do? What do we have to do to prepare for the coming Messiah? And now, here we are more than 2,000 years later, and at first everything may seem different. Instead of being in the desert gathered on the banks of a muddy river, we're gathering virtually on computer or cell phone or some other device. Even though, on the surface, life today looks radically different from John's day, I think that things really aren't so different. Because, after all, we are in the season of Advent. It's the season of waiting and watching. It's the season of our spiritual adventure. Again, it's no coincidence that at the heart of Advent, we pray and ponder, we wait and watch, we look and long for the Holy One of God the one who has come, who still comes, and who is yet to come. Now, in proclaiming the coming of God's kingdom, John did not try to make people's lives easy. He didn't give the people what they wanted. He gave them what they needed. Instead of catering to them, John challenged them to make adjustments so that their lives would be holy. But today, more than 2,000 years later, what about us? What about you? What do you want for Christmas? Do you want easy? Or do you want holy?
Much like John the Baptist, God doesn't care so much about roots, but God does care passionately about the fruit of their lives. We want our lives made easy, but shouldn't we instead want our lives to be holy? Isn't that the gist of Advent? Advent is not about bells and bows. It's not about tinsel or trees. It isn't even about presents or people. Advent is about you and me becoming and being holy. It's about preparing ourselves to have Jesus born or reborn, not in a manger, but reborn in us. His nature becoming our nature, his character becoming our character, his holiness becoming our holiness. Advent isn't about things being easy or familiar, even though that's what we crave these days, the familiar, the comfortable. But Advent is really about allowing Jesus to make us holy and pleasing to God. So if our aim is to be holy, then we have every right to ask the question that the people asked John the Baptist 2,000 years ago, right? What should we do? What can we do? By the way, did you notice that the common folk, the tax collectors, and the Roman soldiers all asked the same question? Three times in our gospel today, we heard people, regardless of their station in life, ask, what should we do? Well, what should we do to prepare for the arrival of the Holy One? John said, repent, transform your life, make the necessary mid-course corrections, change the way you've been living, do better, right? But he didn't leave it there. He gave each group a practical way to live the life of God's kingdom. Share food and clothing with those in need. Don't take more than you're supposed to. Don't harass or cheat people and be happy with your pay. There you have it. So, what should we do? Live a life that reflects Jesus. Live a life of love. Live a life that helps and benefits others. Look around you, find a need and fill it. Conduct yourself with integrity. Bear good fruit. Listen, the Jesus we love and serve was not simply born long ago in Bethlehem. He is present in the words of scripture and in the holy sacraments. But Jesus is also present in the circumstances of each new day as we repent and open ourselves to the ways he wants to use us in the world. When we, for the love of God, find a need and fill it, then Jesus comes to us and in us and through us. Jesus is still alive and active in the world today, and he's alive and active through us. Or at least he wants to be. So what do you want for Christmas? Do you want easy? Do you want comfortable? Or do you want holy? If you want holy, then what should you do? Repent, give up self-centered and selfish ways, and live a life of love. And Jesus came to make all of that possible. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Good and gentle God, you call us home from the exile of selfishness into the freedom and joy of life in you. You are our healing. You are our joy. Guide us through these days as we prepare for the arrival of your Son, Jesus our Lord. Make us to be your holy people. Help us to reflect you. Help us to help and to serve others. 
as you are, make us to be friends of strangers and victims, companions of those whom others shun, and encouragers of those whose hearts are broken. Father, we pray for the sick and the injured. Give healing, wisdom, and protection, we pray, especially to those who are battling COVID-19. And now with this new variant, we pray for your continued protection and for your wisdom so that we know what to do. We also pray for those seeking freedom in the form of refuge, asylum, and safety. We pray, Father, for those for whom the holiday season is difficult and dark. Use us, we pray, to bring comfort and care and love to those people today. Father, you've called us to give your love and your healing to those who desperately need it. Help us to value, love, comfort, and care for those who are the last, the least, the lost, and the left out. And now using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me today. I hope this message was helpful for you. If so, will you share this podcast with at least three friends this week? Also, if you have a prayer request, please leave it in the comments section and be assured that I will be praying for you and for your need. Your job this week is to love at least three people and make sure at least one of them doesn't deserve it because everyone needs love and everyone needs to know that God loves them no matter Please don't let all the busyness of the season take away your joy. Remember, with Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. And don't forget to watch for the Christmas Eve podcast. Now, receive these words of benediction. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen. Amen.